This is Derek Moyer, and welcome to the Freedom Fighter Podcast. Welcome, friends, to another Freedom Fighter podcast. How's it going? Uh, just introducing this one this week, really special guest, Mr. John Eldridge. We're talking about uh, part three and led by the Spirit of God. Uh, as we come up to Christmas, we've got a real treat for you. Uh, talking about the nativity and the guidance of God and the story and how important silence and hearing for God has been in his life and the importance of us choosing our heart in this hour, especially the loss of heart and during COVID and uh, the difficulties we've all been infected with to a certain degree. It's hard living a discouraged and defeated and depressed life, but it's also hard living a spiritually aware, spiritually awake, sensitive to God. That's hard, but we need to choose our heart. And through the difficulty, through the opposition, we rise by choice. So I pray, guys, as you listen in, this really blesses you this week. So welcome, friends, to another interview. And I've got my great friend, my my privilege to uh, have John Eldridge again with us tonight. Um, John, it's one o'clock over there in Colorado. Uh, eight o'clock here. How's it going all the other day? Weather okay? Yeah, yeah, beautiful. We had some snow last yeah, night, yeah. but it's a lovely day. Yeah, yeah, good, good. So I'm so excited to be talking to you about these things. Um, you know, we're doing this. This is a third talk on led by the Spirit of God. And, um, you know, I could ask you questions for hours after what I've experienced from you and what I've read from you and what I've heard and the, your teachings and your podcasts, and so we're we're answering the question: uh, Can we walk with God like this? Is this intimacy available? Can we be guided? And is it meant to be the normal experience of this Christian life? And uh, and does it matter the speaking of God to our souls? Does it matter? So. Um, one one thing I want to ask you is, when I first came to your camp in Colorado, uh, the centerpiece of the camp was the Covenant of Silences. <laughs> so, after you know so many sessions, there would be this forty-five minutes where four hundred and fifty guys, there would be an absolute agreement across this camp where nobody would speak. Everybody would find a place in these beautiful surroundings and, uh, you know, ask God a question about their heart and listen to find some answers. Uh, Why was that the centrepiece for you, John? We learned learned that over the years that for most men, and women at our women's camps, the the opportunity to simply be quiet is very rare in their life and 
and the opportunity to listen for what God has to say to them personally became, it was the feedback that we got. It, it, people told us, thank you for the retreat, but the most meaningful part <laughs> was, was it you? <laughs> so encouraging. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it was it was very humbling <laughs> in, a, in a beautiful way. Yeah, uh, because then people would tell us these stories, and and then that that was when we really embraced it. We said, "Oh, okay, right. that is where God is meeting His sons and daughters. Yeah. He wants to speak, hmm. and as you experienced, yeah. like to, to hear something in a session is very powerful. It can be life changing." Yeah. But to hear something personally mm. for you mm-hmm. from God, mm-hmm. it, it's it's there's nothing else like it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, for me, uh, and what was it? Eighteen years uh, on a journey on a Christian journey, and I come to Colorado, and, I, and the first thing I see is the scene for Braveheart, right? And I'm going, I flew. 5,000 5, miles or whatever it was <laughs> and I'm watching this scene you know but as I say it was a first it was a first time in my experience where where some leader had actually created the space for God to speak and it was like you know yes and uh, just just I mean, how many stories can we tell of uh, how how that's impacted? Uh, you know, one one word for God has impacted uh, people's lives. I know when I come back for camp, John. We, a, a boy, uh, a friend, good friend of ours. We, you know, he, he responded to the message. We started helping him. We just had quiet time with him. And one day, he'd been doing the daily prayer and I was encouraged because he was telling me about it and I was beginning to talk. And I felt inside be quiet. just felt, just be still. And while we were quiet for these ten minutes, he got, he hadn't read the Bible, but he got this word, Matthew 7, 10. And so, me and my friend Vince, Vince read it. If a son asks for a fish, will you give him a serpent? And, and then we're going a bit obscure, a bit kind of out of the blue. But we asked, I asked the question, so what does that mean to you? And he sat like us. And then his face went white with shock. He looked after a young, kind of, uh, I don't know if he was disabled, but he was, he was like a carer. He was taking young kids who were maybe in care out, befriending them, mentoring them. And he took this boy fishing. The wee boy started praying for a, for a, for fish, and in his heart, no, they never said it. He just thought it. He goes, "What are you doing, praying?" He was he, he was basically judging God. There's no point praying. God's not interested. He only you're only praying for big things. That word, if you of a of of your son asks you for a fish, and it was almost like he he, he was he was corrected. The Spirit of God spoke so directly to him. I could have been speaking for hours, and it when they just filled his head. But that one word, it was like, it was such a life-changing moment. 
And I know you isn't got, that beautiful. Yeah, I know you've got many stories to tell about that. <laughs> you know. Yes. Um, yes. So speaking, uh, how these words matter so much because the words are life, healing, strength. I've heard you say this, and I thought, wow, what a what an explanation. When you talked about the nativity we're on, a week, a week, Friday for Christmas, and I heard you talk about the invasion of the kingdom, and the nativity scene in a way that I've never heard anybody portray it or describe it. Could you sum that up just for the listeners, John? Yeah, I'd love to. <clears throat> we we need the context. Uh, Colossians says that we have been rescued from the kingdom of darkness. First John 5, the whole world lies under the power of the evil one. There are only two kingdoms, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. And prior to the coming of Christ, the world had no hope to get out from under the darkness. When Christ comes into the world, look what begins to happen. There is, Revelation 12 says that there is a war in heaven over the birth of Jesus. It goes on to describe that the enemy tried to kill him. And we know that that happened. Herod was furious that the Magi tricked him. And they didn't come back to tell him where Christ was. And so he ordered the massacre of all of the little boys around Bethlehem. But Joseph got a dream in the night. Mm -hmm. The Lord visited him. An angel came to him in the night and said, Joseph, get up. Get up. You've got to get out of town. And Joseph is like, now, now, tonight. So you, you see the drama around the story. There's violence. There's war in the heavens. There's violence on earth. Because the coming of Christ was the invasion of the kingdom of God into this planet to rescue the human race. That is why you see such drama around the birth of Christ, the bloodshed, the battle, the mysterious figures like the Magi showing up. Why are so many angels involved, right? (laughs) Yeah, because this isn't, you know, oh, silent night. This isn't away in a manger, right? That's what we see from a human side. But from the heavens, what we know is that this was the moment that God was going to begin to break the power of evil in the world and rescue human lives. Come on, sir. Come on. (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, when I heard you say that, the first time I heard the invasion, and and, and so me doing a bit of research and having a love for the things of the Second World War and learning more about it and, and seeing what this invasion in Normandy was all about that evil held under the Axis power held Europe and the invasion of of the you know the Allies 
is 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 they are coming into this territory and it's war. I mean, it's it's sacrifice. And uh, when I heard you say, I thought that is how amazing uh, the, the the comparison that that's what it is. <clears throat> One of the most powerful places I've been in the world mm-hmm. is to the beaches on Normandy, and to walk the the beaches to walk the cemetery there and to see the Christian story because not only, you know, does it begin with a great deal of sacrifice around Bethlehem, this is going to cost Christ his life. And, And then you see the enemy keeps trying all of his closest friends, all of the apostles, nearly all of them. It's going to cost their lives. You, you see the invasion is so serious. And the enemy takes it seriously, whether we do or not. Right? And you, you, it, is like, it is like a Normandy invasion. Mm. Just came to mind, I remember, uh, I did a wee video years ago on the, uh, the film Taken. And how this is what this, you know, this is what the birth of Christ was like. The father coming into the depths of hell you know, going to, you know, going to the deepest, darkest of places to rescue and save uh, and restore us. Yes. But, you know, I, I know I also heard you say there about how important, as we're talking about, led by the Spirit, especially in this hour, you know, I know we could give a general message about Christmas. We'll get to that, but about how important it is for now. But when you read the story through the eyes of the the warnings, the direct divine guidance that came to Joseph, to, I mean think of Mary and Elizabeth, think of the, the, the supernatural divine guidance that they experienced to, to make this what seems totally impossible in the natural, you know, these things will be so. And then you've got the Magi also receiving a warning to know to get him on your head. It was like there was so much, this was normal in this, the context of the, the, the story, the story of our stories. You know, that was, that was, that was normal. Yes, um, yes. And it's not the exception, mm-hmm. because that's the story of the whole Bible. Mm-hmm. So why would it not happen here, mm-hmm. right? Because it happens with Abraham, and it happens with mm-hmm. Noah, and it happens with Joseph, yeah. and it happens with David, and Gideon, and Samuel, yeah. and... You know, it ha- so of course, all of that story of God speaking to his people mm-hmm. is going to come into almost a crescendo mm-hmm. here, you know, at the coming of Christ. And then after that, you know, it, it, Jesus has opened up the human heart yeah. and made it so much more possible for mm-hmm. us to know him mm-hmm. and to hear from him. Yeah. Yeah, and Derek, here's another fun thing about the Christmas story. Yeah. The Magi were not Christians. That's right. Mm-hmm. As far as we know, mm-hmm. they were probably Zoroastrians. They they they, they were astrologers. Yep. But they heard from God. Mm. And I love that. <laughs> like this isn't limited to yeah. the Pope. Yeah. This isn't limited to famous pastors mm-hmm. or missionaries working in very difficult countries. Yeah. Even the Magi, yeah. right? 
like anybody, everybody get gets this. You 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 get to hear the voice of God. Mm. Thank you, John. That is that is uh, that is the truth. And uh, you know, I was I've actually been saying that uh, you know my friends, friends of mine in my town, me and others who've been rescued out of darkness, who were in deep darkness, deep you know rebellion. You're going to church, <laughs> and I mean, people must—they must ask the question: What the heck? What is that all about? You know, it's based on our culture, where there's you know not a lot of people, uh, you know, uh, professed that faith is not a big part of our culture. And uh, but that to me, this has been one of the most game-changing things to be to receive direct divine guidance. how intimately concerned God is about the areas of your life that uh, that he he wants you to find healing in you know uh, the life he intended and I mean you wrote extensively about this you know we we, um, in the four streams in Waking the Dead and then your book Walking with God uh, um, you know the the clarity that you bring on how many times that you've been rescued. I remember the story you told in, in Waking the Dead of of the the time that you were w- wakened up in the morning and you had the word forgive. And what happened was betrayal came. And 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 you know that to me is it's so important to understand that because you can think is this just pie in the sky? What we float about in a wee a wee bubble denying reality. But no, it's like how many times have we been rescued and and and, and you know we've we've been we've been guided from disaster by reacting yes. the wrong ways. Uh you know, even in the midst of the pain and the difficulties we're we're experiencing. You know uh, especially especially mm. in the midst of the pain. Mm. And the difficulties, mm-hmm. because that's where we tend to lose heart. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so we went We went through a very, very difficult time this summer with two of our sons <clears throat> who were in a relational conflict. Mm-hmm. And as parents, it just broke our heart. It looked irresolvable. Mm-hmm. Jesus kept saying to us, trust me. Mm-hmm. Trust me. And it was a rescue. Okay, Lord, yes, we do. We trust you. We don't see how this is going to to turn out. We don't see the light. But into this fall, there has been a remarkable reconciliation, total mm-hmm. reconciliation, mm-hmm. which has healed the family. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and and it, my, I could have... I guess the point, Derek, is I could have spent those four months in a lot of fear and um, worry and and even maybe some anger. Mm-hmm. But instead, I was able to walk in those months with peace mm-hmm. because Christ was speaking to us about what he was doing, and in, including telling us not to say anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
it out. There were several times I wanted to pick up the phone, right? <laughs> yeah, <a little> <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. And, yeah, and give him an earful, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, <laughs> and, and Jesus would say, not tonight. Mm-hmm. Not tonight. Don't, don't do that. Just very kindly. It wasn't a rebuke. It was just kind. Not now. Just wait. And, and that was a rescue because I wasn't supposed to get involved. He was at work. Yes, I could tell you many, many stories of the <laughs> kindness of God. And this is John chapter 10. Yeah. Jesus says in John chapter 10, mm-hmm. my sheep hear my voice. Mm. They listen and they follow me. Mm-hmm. And this is so important that it's in John 10 because the famous passage in verse 10, mm. you know, that some people, you know, kind of know the second half of the passage. He says, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy mm-hmm. But I have come that you may have life mm. and have it to the full. Mm-hmm. So Jesus is giving the context. He says, look, you have an enemy that is trying to do everything he can to hurt you. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to do good for you, but you must listen to my voice. Because in that same chapter, four different times, mm-hmm. he says, my sheep hear my voice. Mm-hmm. You know, Paul in Romans 8 says mm-hmm. those who are led by the Spirit of God yeah. are the sons of God, mm-hmm. right? I yeah, Isaiah says you 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 open my ears every morning. Yeah. You open my ears like one being taught. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is all through the Scripture. The mm-hmm. Scripture, and, and, and for many people listening, this might be helpful. The Bible is not a book of exceptions, mm-hmm. It's not the rare cases. Mm. The Bible is a book of examples for your life mm. of what it means to live with God. <laughs> Otherwise, the Bible would be meaningless to us. It's, you know, if, if the Bible does not apply to your life, it's mm. not helpful. Yeah. Right? But, but the Bible is simply a reliable record of stories of men and women through the ages who have turned to God and chosen him and heard his voice and learned to follow. It's something we learn, mm-hmm. you know, like riding a bike or playing the piano or driving a car. It's something you learn over time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a reliable record of men and women mm-hmm. who hear the voice of God and, and follow. And either it's rescue or it's blessing. Mm-hmm. Many of the things God wants to bring into our lives are blessings mm-hmm. if we will listen. So good, John. I when you said that, I remember reading and walking with God, and I had a I had a bit of a disagreement with somebody uh, who said exactly what you said. Who, who disagreed with what you said? Oh, that that was just then. That was Apostle Paul. That was this person who got this specific encounter, and it was like you choose to believe that that can't happen for you. It's a tragedy. A tragedy to go through life thinking that, you know, that's just for then. When I can't have, when I can't experience that myself. And uh, I was reading in John 16, you know, and Jesus saying, look, you can't eat, you're not even ready to hear what I've got to say. You've not got the capacity, the the ability at the minute. But I'm sending you the Spirit who will, who will. And this should be your norm. He will yes. lead and guide you and and and. and you know, if you let them, uh, you know, um, the, you know, this will be this progressive 
I love Proverbs chapter 3. Remember it says, The path of the just is like the first gleam of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter into the full light of day. Meaning, there's a there's a progression. Light, as I walk in the, the bit I get, I remember a dream I had that it was, you don't get any more light until you walk the light you've got, son. And there was that element of, I, I, I have to walk in this. And then more light came. It got brighter and brighter. And the, yes. the, jo- the joy of, you know, when I, when I read, as I say, I, I've got so much gratitude to you. And the f- guys I'm with, I mean, 70, 72-year-old friend Vince, we're going through Father the God we men, and I'm watching. We're all getting transformed, everyone is. Because there's, it's getting brighter and brighter. Let the questions exposing things. Pain, producing pain. But it's like, oh, that scar. <laughs> it's like the scar, the, the scar can really save. The scar is, is I can rise for there. I don't have to remain defined by it, you know? Yeah. I, I think... Yeah, <clears throat> um, friends, it, it, if you just think about a good father, can you imagine any human family where the father never speaks to his children? <laughs> never. Not once. He provides food. He provides housing. But he never, ever tells them, I love you. He never says anything. Would we call that man a good father? We wouldn't. We wouldn't. He'd probably get his children taken away from him by social services, (laughs) right? And then you think of a good friend. And you get together with your good friend every week. And, you you know, you're going to have coffee or a bite. And they never talk to you. But they're your friend. Like you, you that won't work. Yep. You, you're not. You're not going to stay in that friendship. Mm-hmm. It, human beings are made in the image of God, mm-hmm. and if there's one thing we do, we talk. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> if, we we yeah we do. We tell stories. How have you been? How was your week? Yeah. How, you know, sweetheart. How was your day? Mm-hmm. Tell me about school. Yeah. You know, we talk to one another. Yeah. Because we are made in the image of a God who communicates. Mm-hmm. And even in Genesis 1, at the beginning of the story, God creates by speaking. Mm-hmm. He is a speaking God. Mm-hmm. And we are his sons and daughters. And we're created for a, an intimacy with him. Mm-hmm. We're learning. And I do want to say learning mm-hmm. to hear and recognize his voice. Mm-hmm becomes a normal part of our intimacy with him mm-hmm. so that he comes into all the aspects of our lives. Mm-hmm. Lord, you know, it, uh, is now the time to move? Mm-hmm. Lord, is this the right school for our child? Mm-hmm. Lord, is this the man or woman you have for me to marry? Mm-hmm. Lord, come into my job. Help me with this, this project. Mm-hmm. He wants in into all the details of our lives. And as we learn to listen and follow his instruction, a thousand rescues and a thousand thousand blessings. Yeah. Beautiful, John. So on to COVID. <laughs> and, uh, you know, how important, um, you know, hearing, hearing from God 
has been in this hour. Um, you know, the loss of heart, they're listening to the wrong voices. And uh, all the uncertainty that infiltrated us, no matter who we were, infiltrated us to the point where you're just sinking and, you know, there's this uh, weight. And, uh, you know, how, how about, how important has it been? You know, how, how, how do you, how, you know, when we talk about it, I might, I might just say this actually, as I, I, I told you, I was just talking to you about how I prayed at the beginning of the year to become more sensitive, more uh, receptive and sensitive to God's word, to his spirit within me, um, to be more spiritually aware and awake. And, you know, in the midst of this, after talking about the loss of heart and all that, I'm going, is that what the outcome of the loss of heart is? That I become dull and dreary and you know, there's a depression, a discouragement, bleak outlook, uh, because I'm 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 under. You know all this hopelessness and uncertainty, yes. yeah, and heaviness, discouragement. You know what I mean? Doubt, unc- the uncertainty of the constant, uh, you know, new updates about what we can and can't do. It's like, oh, please. <laughs> So how I mean, how important is this in this hour? You know the the spiritual, and how difficult maybe is a better question. How difficult has it been to have that that sense of joy that comes from hearing? You know, I think for many people, twenty twenty brought a lot of fear into our lives a lot of uncertainty anxiety and there is only one thing that casts out fear and it is love scripture says perfect love casts out fear Mm -hmm. and for us to get our perspective again to get out from under the news Mm -hmm. and to get out from under the darkness Mm -hmm. and the heaviness Mm -hmm. We, we have to begin with how deeply we are loved by God. Yeah. How deeply he cares for us. Mm. And, and to be honest with him, Lord, I am fearful. I am anxious. I am discouraged. Mm. To be honest and to ask him to speak to us in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think... I think we need some guidance. I think we need some counsel. We're asking, you know, Lord, what about next year and, and the vaccines and my work and school? And, and those are good questions. Those are important questions. Mm-hmm. But God, um, God first wants to speak to our fears. Mm-hmm. He really does. Mm-hmm. And um, to free our hearts mm-hmm. from the heaviness mm-hmm. And because when you are in fear, you lose perspective. You don't see well. 
and and when you are in fear, you don't hear well. To be honest, you know, when I'm in a place of real tension or anxiety, or I don't hear from God well mm-hmm. when I'm in that place, mm-hmm. right? That. The beautiful thing about learning to hear the voice of God is is you have to get quiet and you have to let everything else go. Mm-hmm. You, you've got to let the news go. You've got to let the future go mm-hmm. and so that you are in a place. He is always speaking, mm-hmm. but we have to be in a place where we can where we can hear. Right. Bang. And I think mostly friends, mm-hmm. he just he just wants to tell you, I I. I am in charge. Mm. I have you. Mm. you you're, you're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And to let his love enter into our hearts to push the fear out mm. so that he can, he can speak to us about work and school and, and mission and, you know, fellowship mm. and all, all those things, right? Mm. I saw, I mean, brilliant, John. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, you know, fear destroys hope. Then it's just so true that even in the midst of our difficulties, I've just had a bit of a difficult weekend where, you know, the reality of I did not come to bring peace, but a sword was playing out in my in, in a relationship. It wasn't been in harmony with something, but it caused a backlash. And, uh, you know, if I get into the offence and the hurt and the debris of that, I'm, I'm a, my momentum's away, I can't hear because I'm nursing my wounds. Um, and you wrote the day and your devotional came out the day about the shaking, the, the shaking that has happened, the spiritual sifting. Because where has our hopes been placed? <laughs> you know, and, oh, you know, I, I, I'd sent sent you this chapter. I get introduced to a, a guy, a, a book from this guy, William Law. And he, he was the 18th, 18th century. And he wrote a book about the, a serious call to a devout and holy life. And one chapter was on prayer, early prayer, times of prayer. And I'm reading a, I'm reading from a guy and I, that, that uh, I was going, did people really live like this? Because <laughs> it's so far removed from our technology-obsessed culture where they never had electricity, they never had an iPhone, they never had these any these worldly distractions that consume us to the point of going, eh, where am I? His, his cha- this chapter was pointing to, this is your duty. If you want to experience the wonder of the kind of communion that God has offers, the kind of intimacy and relationship with God that brings the joy that I can be in this world but not of it. That I can live carefree in the rest of God. <clears throat> Hearing from him, being sensitive, being aware of what's happening. No being taken out by the contamination of these things that get infect us. And I'm reading what he was writing going, goodness me, how, how far. For me, like I knew in my early days of the devotion in my life, the discipline, that I wanted to be so sensitive to hear keep the channel unblocked in my heart and my mind. But it was like, this was a call to me of, like you, you talk about the, the smelling socks, you, you, you know, it wakes you up, you know, strong coffee wakes you up to the fact that, oh, that's what's going on. I, I can be so uh, intoxicated by these wrong 
distractions, these wrong, the wrong thoughts, the wrong focuses, the wrong spirits, and uh, you know, it really, it really brung home to me that um, you know, you're talking about where do we place our hope? Wait till I read this. A friend of mine put it up on Facebook a few weeks ago. I don't know where, where it came from, but it says it's a devote. It's a it looks as if it was out of a, a 2021 uh, planner. It says, marriage is hard. Divorce is hard. Choose your heart. Obesity is hard. Being fit is hard. Choose your heart. Being in debt is hard. Being financially disciplined is hard. Choose your heart. Communication is hard. Not communicating is hard. Choose your heart. Life will never be easy. It will always be hard. But we can choose our heart. And as I thought about that book, and thought about this, how important in this midst of all the tide that's coming against us, living a dull and dreary spiritual life is hard. Being spiritually overwhelmed and feeling so discouraged all the time is hard. Being spiritually receptive, spiritually aware, spiritually awake uh, is hard. But I feel, for me, it was like, choose your heart. <laughs> yeah. Good job, Yeah, I, I, I think I want to say um, being defeated and discouraged is harder mm. than being spiritually disciplined being being overweight is harder Mm -hmm. than fitness they're both hard Mm -hmm. yeah but but to get beat up Mm -hmm. time and time again to to have your heart vulnerable to a world that is filled with hopelessness Mm -hmm. is much harder Mm -hmm. than creating some time in your day Mm -hmm. to be quiet and listen to what God is saying, to to open the scriptures, let him speak to you. Because, by the way, friends, he'll speak to you in a hundred different ways. Mm. Derek and I are talking about the beautiful part of actually hearing the voice of God in your heart. Mm. It's not audible in the room like Mm. you're hearing the podcast. Mm. It's in your heart Mm. because that's where Christ dwells Mm. when we open the door of our hearts to him. Mm. Um, But um, God will speak through scripture. God will speak through music. God will speak through Christmas carols. Mm-hmm. He, he will speak through your friends, your priest, your pastor. He, he will speak through your wife, mm-hmm. through your <laughs> husband, through yeah. your children. You mm-hmm. know, God can speak to you in many, many ways. Mm-hmm. He'll speak through movies and books. He'll speak mm-hmm. through nature. Yeah. He loves to use nature. Mm-hmm. But friends, to make room in your life, to hear, well, what you did. You said, Lord, I want to become more spiritually sensitive. Mm-hmm. Make me more aware of your presence with me. Mm-hmm. Yes, that, that requires choosing to build that to, into your life, make some room for mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. But friends, it is much harder to live without it. Mm-hmm. It's much harder. I, do, I don't know what I would do, Derek, mm-hmm. without without my life with God. I, I, I don't know, I don't know what I would do. Mm-hmm. 
and and to lean into him, mm-hmm. to ask him for encouragement, for mm-hmm. comfort, for hope. Mm-hmm. I just don't know what I would do without it. Yeah. That's a harder life without it. Yeah, definitely. There's so much. There's so much we could say. Um, you said in your uh, audio of the four streams, you used the legend of Bagger Vance. And you know, if anybody's if you've seen the movie, you know I'm talking about. Will Smith is the mysterious caddy who turns up to help Juna, the guy who's lost his swing. You know, he's lost heart. He's lost his identity because of the th- the the things, the hard things he's come up against. And this mysterious guide is awakening. You talked about reawakening desire. And uh, how hope can be reawakened through what we're experiencing just now. That, uh, you know... Like being just, just remember. I also read that you, you know, you, you beautifully explained the two in the road to Emmaus, and how they said we had hoped. You know, they had hoped it was going to turn out. The, you know, the context of the story of Jesus's mission and what their hopes were for that. But think it and whatever, wherever you are today, my friend, of. Where, where you've lost hope through COVID, it shouldn't have been like this. We we were hoping that this year wasn't going to be like this. And uh, how you explained how Jesus was a master, it playfully, <laughs> just like Bagger Vance, just he knew the answers, but he just playfully brought it out. And uh, you know, it, it's to me, it's this, uh, you know, this this sense that that you know that can be reawakened. Um, that I I know I know even talking about it that I'm I'm when I'm in those places I'm not receptive as you said when I'm full of fear. I'm no white here because I'm so tense. When I was at the boot camp, John, this broke this for me. We 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 took the camp in October up in Port Van, and we had all the. I, I was full of. I didn't know. I I wasn't telling myself that this is what was happening. I was losing heart, but I had other things going on, relational problems and us. And you know, I was in name meetings, and I've been that's five camps. I heard things I had never heard before because I was far more receptive. I was more aware of my need. And, uh, you know, it was like hope then was revived and reawakened. And, and, you know, and I I just sense, what would you say to encourage people with that? You know, uh, that that, even in the midst of this COVID, as we get into Christmas and all the uncertainty about regulations and restrictions and can I control any of it? But our hopes placed in the right area. How can what, what can you say to that, John? 
We fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. That we put our hope in a person, not in circumstance. We put our hopes in the God who came at Bethlehem. We put our hopes in the God he promised. He promised that he would come. And he came. He promised our salvation. And he came. He promised to heal our broken hearts. And he came. He promised to atone for our sins. And he came. We have a reliable God. We have a really trustworthy God. And so instead of looking at the regulations, the restrictions, my work, my kids' school, we we fix our eyes on Jesus. We put our hope in a person, not in circumstances. And then we let him speak to us. Mm. Lord, what are you saying? Mm. What are you speaking to me and to my family this Christmas time? Mm. And it will be beautiful. I'll guarantee you the first thing he wants to say to you is fear not. I am with you. Always. To the end of the age. Amen, Joe. Yeah. General, can you, can you close away and lead our listeners and viewers in prayer, John, for this yeah. Christmas season, but- for this uh, reawakening this stuff you wrote about beautifully and stood for so for so many years. Can you yeah. pray pray that, sir, please? Yeah, let's do. First, Jesus, we give you Christmas. We give you our Christmas. For many of us, it's not what we wanted this year. We we can't see our our family, or we don't know if we'll have enough money this year. We give you Christmas. Mm-hmm and ask you to fill it and to rescue it. Rescue our Christmas with your love and your joy and your life. Jesus, speak to my fears. I confess my fears. Speak to my fears. And Lord, we pray together for a reawakening of hope. We pray Romans 15, 13. May the God of all hope Mm -hmm. fill us with joy and peace as we trust him so that our hearts may overflow with hope Mm -hmm. by the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, we don't have the strength to create hope. We ask for your spirit in us to resurrect hope Mm -hmm. in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. This has been the Freedom Fighter podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you want to connect with our services or you want more info or details about upcoming events, connect with us online at www.freedomfighter.life. 
or drop us an email at info at freedomfighters.life. Till next time, God bless you.